Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yo, welcome into the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for hanging out here with me. Man, that is an all-timer today. Looks like I picked a good week to stop sniffing glue. I picked a good week to go cover a football game because that's what I did today. I don't know what it was about this matchup or whatever before, because you have to give the Bears like all sorts of advance notice. Like I'm not a beat reporter anymore, so I don't have a season credential. Although I think I might change that next year. Because wow. I said I wanted to be in the building for this game. And once things really got weird with both teams not being any damn good, I said, oh, well, let's see what this is like. This is going to be interesting, I think. And boy, am I glad I went to go cover that. It was entertaining. You can't say that the Bears are boring, or at least they weren't boring today. I saw a lot of stuff, so we need to get through some of this stuff. Let me talk about the game first of all, and then I'm going to talk to you about the what it was like to cover this game. And the locker room, Matt Eberflus not telling the truth about Chase Claypool, the Chase Claypool thing. I can't imagine that the Bears are going to allow for it to be a thing much longer because it's already been a thing at least twice. And you're only four weeks into the season. And those are not things that you should allow to happen when you're talking about a third wide receiver who clearly thinks he's a number one and is not produced like a number one. Really ever, but even if you wanted to give him the first two years of his career as a stealer, it still wasn't. Like, as a number one, it was productive, but it wasn't as a number one. Let's talk about the game, and let's talk about the decisions that were made. Man, this thing was looking like, was looking exactly the way that you want this game to look, considering how bad the Broncos are, and they are terrible. I'm here to tell you, they are cheeks, which means that the Bears are really, really cheeks because they lost to them at home. How about the odds makers? They were pretty spot on. Three-point win. The number was three and a half for Denver. So give Vegas some credit yet again for getting some of this stuff right. Justin Fields and Luke Getze looked amazing for a big portion of this game. The final numbers on Fields, 28 to 35, 335 yards, four touchdowns, that interception at the end, which he explained was since it was a man defense that Cole Komet stuck with the rules of their defense and kept running the route, Field said that he had expected Komet to break the route off and sit, which I thought was really interesting considering that 
Last week, the Bears saw a quarterback and tight end who do that stuff routinely. Find the space in the defense to sit and make a play. Travis Kelsey has made a career of it. Now, you are talking about one of the greatest that's ever done it and maybe the greatest that's ever done it at the quarterback spot with Patrick Mahomes. So I kind of get where Justin Fields is coming from. That's time and repetition with your quarterback. But those are supposed those two guys have been together the longest. They're supposed to be on the same page with each other, especially in a moment like that. I started to get nervous and I wrote it down in my notes. I started to get nervous when it was 28-14 and it looked like the Bears it's unfair I think to say that they got conservative, but it it the offense didn't feel as explosive and it felt like strangely enough Vance Joseph and and the Broncos actually made adjustments in this game and when it got to that point I tweeted out that the Bears were in the danger zone and they needed to get off the field then subsequently they didn't get off the field the Broncos marched right down the field they had a third and one at, at midfield and shot themselves in the foot with a false start penalty then Jerry Judy comes up with a big play they are able to get into the red zone. And even in the red zone, you're thinking, here, you got them again. It's third and 12. And they pick it up. And then on the play where you've got, the on the touchdown, Russ throws a dart to Jerry Judy, and boom, it's 28-21. And then you're wondering if it's going to get tight. I wrote down, like, right underneath that, how do the Bears respond? How do they respond? Sack fumble for a touchdown. That's how they responded. And early on in the game, I had circled Jonathan Cooper because I thought that he had been playing relatively well compared to the rest of that defense. There were three guys that I circled on their defense. I circled Cooper. I circled Singleton. And I circled Drew Sanders because they were using Sanders number 41 as a spy in the second half on Justin Fields. So here the Bears are with an opportunity to go down, burn some clock, and try and win the game. Let me get into the the fourth down call and decision. I didn't have a problem with the Bears going for it in that situation. Because if you get the first down, the game's over. You can milk it, you can kick your three, and you can win the game. Here's what I did have a problem with. I hated that they went up there and did the nonsense of we're going to try to draw them off sides. The Bears running game in this game got a lot of work. They made some, some, some really good plays. They averaged five and a half yards per rush against the worst rush defense in the NFL. Line it up and kick their butt. Like for real. And, and I am not one of these guys that's a formationista. Fields under center, if you want to sneak him, I'm good with the call. If you wanted to give it to Khalil Herbert, who had a tremendous day, he was outstanding. I thought that he was as good as Fields was today. 13 carries, 103 yards, averaged 5 point, I'm sorry, 18 carries, 103 yards, averaged 5.7 yards per carry. Also came up with some clutch receptions in this game. 
including a touchdown. I didn't like that they did the whole thing of, well, we're going to try to draw you offside. Oh, we didn't get you. In that moment, I'm like, kick it. Kick the three and then let's go because everything that you, you gave them a chance to regroup. That's why I don't like that play. You've got those guys on their heels. So let them be on their heels. You gave them a chance to regroup when you had to call timeout and then they get to go back to the sideline and say, okay, how are we going to attack this? And they attacked it with a tackle for loss. It's so disappointing. It's really disappointing because Justin Fields played his ass off in this game for a big portion of the game. The numbers are insane. He was 23 of 24 when they were up 28-7, okay? I wrote it down because it was amazing. He scrambles and gets the ball to Herbert. It was, it was really, really nice work by everyone involved. Gets the touchdown. It's 28-7. At the time, he was 23 of 24, 285 yards, four touchdowns, and a passer rating of 155.7. He spent a big chunk of the game with a perfect passer efficiency rating. The only incompletion that he had in the first half was the Hail Mary, and they they didn't even ding him for that with passer rating. The Broncos, in both of their games over the last two weeks, have allowed only one incompletion, and the one incompletion was the Hail Mary at the end of the half. The thing that I kept looking for, especially in the second half of this game, was the Bears' defense to bear down. But, you know, they don't get after the quarterback really well enough. And this was a court, This is a quarterback that, say what you want about Russ, I've always enjoyed watching Russell Wilson play because he does something that I think a lot of young quarterbacks need to understand to do. And we saw Justin Fields step into the arena with some of this. Russell Wilson runs to open windows to throw. And you saw it again today. He finished 21-28, 223 yards, got sacked once, threw three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Passer rating for him, 133.5. You saw him use his legs to give him time and keep his eyes down the field and make effective throws. And then the stuff that he was doing in the pocket, that, that touchdown to Sutton was a rope. That was old school Russ as a baseball player throwing ropes. So you saw all the stuff that will more than likely put Russell Wilson into the Hall of Fame someday. And he was on display. He didn't give up. The Broncos, that's the thing that, that I'm sitting there going, you have an opportunity to make them quit. And it was real close to happening, but you didn't. And because you didn't, they, they gained confidence. As the game kept going on, they gained confidence and they used it. There were, let's count here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 different people 
who caught passes for the Broncos in this game. Your defense only sacked him once. And you're out here trying to take the ball away. They took, they had the biggest takeaway. You didn't have any. They had it. And it ended up turning into seven points. And it, it got them right back in and put you on your heels. Now the Bears have lost 14 games in a row. They start out 0-4. And for it to go from you feeling like you have a chance to win the game and maybe embarrass an opponent and have everyone look great and Justin Fields playing like the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, all of that goes straight down the toilet, and now you got to get ready to go on the road in a short week to play a team that's better than you, has a better defense. Washington's better than you. Had the Bears won this game, I would have given the Bears even money to win the game in Washington. I I hope that they have more metal than I think they do because I think it's going to be almost impossible for them to recover from this game. There was a ton of good, a ton. You had guys making plays, specifically your quarterback. I thought... Getsy's game plan was really strong and his play calling was strong. He called the right plays in the right moment. You know, we shit on this guy when things don't go right and he's deserved it. But I thought that he called an excellent game for the most part. And then we get to the end and then you start doing the silly stuff. Oh, we're going to try and draw you off sides. Nope. And now you're stuck at 0-4. You're the worst team in the NFL. Everyone thought it would be Carolina or Arizona. It felt like Arizona wasn't trying, and then they pick up a quarterback who's been there a little bit over a month, and they've been competitive. They're not good, but they've been competitive. The Bears were competitive in this game, but as the season's gone on, they are, they are not competitive. And now things are going to get interesting and maybe a little bit weird. The quarterback played good enough that people are going to be off of his ass for a little while as long as he backs it up in the game against Washington, which I have some concerns about. But your head coach has more questions to answer and didn't do a great job of answering them. You've got a petulant wide receiver that you're dealing with that you had to deactivate and send home. We're going to take a little break, and I'm going to tell you about that. I went and covered the game. I was in the locker room. I was in the post-game press conference with Matt Eberflus, and you've got to hear how all of this stuff went down. We're going to do that next. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, so it's been a while since I've covered a Bears game. To tell you the truth, it's it's been probably since... I haven't been to Soldier Field in probably five years. Maybe four but obviously there was, co- I, I bet you it's longer than that. I bet you it's six or seven years. There was COVID in 2020. And then I was doing all the post-game stuff until I wasn't. And then if you go back before, like during the Matt Nagy era, I was doing all of the f- football after show stuff. So it's been a minute since I've actually covered a game. I'm glad I was out there today because the word that I keep walking, keeps rattling around my head for this Bears team is dysfunction. And I saw it on display today. You saw it on the field in the fourth quarter of the game with the team and the choices that were made, the calls that were made by Matt Eberflus. You saw that dysfunction. The turnover, the sack fumble for touchdown, the interception at the end where the quarterback and the tight end are not on the same page. It ends up turning into a turnover. The turnover allows Denver to go down the field and score the winning field goal from 51 yards out, by the way. And then I'm like, okay, I want to go in the locker room. Now, I initially, when I decided that I was going to cover this game, this was this was a this was an ambassadorial thing. I was going to go say hi to Jaquan Brisker allow him to put a face to a voice because we talked to him on the show every Tuesday. I saw Jaquan. I didn't talk to him because there was other stuff going on in the locker room. First things first, and I'll talk about it. I wasn't planning to talk about it, but I guess I will since it was addressed. Justin Fields was in his locker. He was in his locker so long that And he laid down at one point. You can tell he was absolutely gassed and frustrated and everything else, like very emotional. And he spoke to that in the postgame. And and I said to Jason Leisure, I was like, I don't know if this is a good look. I get that you're upset, and this is your space, and I I am very respectful of those guys' space. I get that. But I was standing next to Courtney Cronin, and, and at the time she had asked, like, how long have we been in the locker room? And we had been in the locker room for 18 minutes. Like the cooling off period is like 10 minutes or whatever. And I get it. This was a harsh loss on a day where he played his best football. But I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oof. So he went and I think got a little bit of treatment on something or, you know, like maybe he got a snack. He, I know that he went to the trainer's room, so I can't say that he, he got treatment. But And then he, he came out to the podium. There are a lot of people in there that I was not expecting to see in the locker room, including Kevin Warren, which was interesting to see. Um, And he came over and thanked the media for covering the team, which, you know, he's a charm offensive type dude. So I'm not surprised to to see that. They tell us that Matt Eberflus is ready. I mean, I'm going through my notes right now, and I kept hearing things like the sun will come out tomorrow you know, there were guys that were definitely trying to cope with this loss and how devastating it was. Here, let me take a look at my notes here. You you had teammates trying to console Justin Fields. 
he looked absolutely stunned. I wrote down stunned, distraught, bewildered. Tremaine Edmonds was really good in postgame talking about dealing with adversity. Got to put our heads down and work. He kept talking about that. But I heard people say, we're okay. We're okay. Sun's going to come out tomorrow. Like that stuff. Guys were trying to get themselves ready to go and, and play this game in Washington. But there was a lot of like thousand yard stairs inside of it. The way I... I told the team, the team, my team, the the crew that does the midday show in our group chat, it felt like a team if at the end of the season that lost a game that keeps them out of the playoffs. I imagine it was it it's what the Packers locker room felt like after that Sunday night game where they had a chance to go and they end up losing to a Detroit team that had been eliminated earlier in the day. A lot of guys talked, and I give them credit. Cole Komet, I thought, was really good in explaining what happened on the interception and just kind of talking about things overall. I got a few questions in with him, and I'm going to share them on the air tomorrow. I thought Tremaine Edmonds was really good. Like guys were, uh, Walker was really good in talking about kind of where the Bears stand right now. But think about the guys that have been here for a while. You've now lost 14 games, 14 in a row. I, I bet there are guys on this team right now that if you added up the losses they had in college and high school, it's not 14. And now you're talking about 14 in a row. That's crazy pants. Then we get to Matt Eberflus. Eberflus looks overwhelmed to me with all of it. And the Chase Claypool stuff is not great. Now, Chase opened up his mouth on Friday, said that the team's not using him most effectively. And... I always want players to speak their mind. They do have to understand that there is criticism that sometimes comes with that. I don't know if he's in a place to be as loud talking as he's been. And it makes you wonder, did the Bears tell him on Friday that he was deactivated? And then he talked to the media. The people that I talked to seem to believe that he was just doing him and then they they told him that he wasn't active on Saturday. So we talked to Eberflus, and he doesn't really have a lot of good answers about this. It's just standard bullshit answers that coaches, oh, well, you know, this is our process and blah, 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 blah. And so I'm trying to figure out the whole room. Kaylin Kaler was in there, too. Shout out to her. She asked some really good follow-up questions about Chase Claypool. And... Eberflus said that they expect to see him at the facility tomorrow, meaning Monday, and that he'll have a chance to play on Thursday if he practices well, because that was why they made the decision. I asked because it's weird for a player who is inactive and healthy to not be at the game. Just so you understand, like, protocol. Usually, the guys that are inactive are wearing Bears apparel on the sideline supporting their teammates. 
Chase went home. At least that's what we were led to believe. I asked Matt Eberflus point blank, did he want Chase Claypool at the stadium? And he was like, I'm not going to answer that. No comment. Oh, well, you just kind of answered it, didn't you? Didn't you? By not answering the question. He could have very easily said, no, we totally want all of our players here. Chase made a decision. That's up to him. So we finish with Eberflus, and then after Eberflus, Fields comes in. I'll get back to Fields in a second. Once we finish with Fields, the reporters leave the locker room, and they go back upstairs and file their stuff, record stuff, whatever it is. They need pack their stuff up and leave. I get back upstairs, and a Bears official is walking down press row saying, guys, I just want to clear this up. The team asked Claypool to stay home. Not what coach said. The team asked him to stay home. Yo, if you're that messed up on messaging that your head coach doesn't know what to say and isn't prepared when he walks to the podium, that is problematic and dysfunctional. That's the word that I keep going back to. It's dysfunctional. That the team had to clear up what the head coach should have easily answered. It's crazy. He is overwhelmed and overmatched. And he came across shell-shocked by what happened to him today. But you got to, if you knew since yesterday, dude, wasn't going to be there and that you were going to ask him to stay at the crib, you have to have a better answer than that. Come on, man. So then, to take you back to the podium, Justin Fields comes in. He talks about like how upset and distraught he is and why he was spending extra time in his locker. He also did a better job of explaining the Claypool situation. And talked about, yeah, I got on the phone with him, you know, after it happened, you know, we we want him here, we want our best playmakers here, but the coaches are trying to get the most out of all of us, like that's, did a great job of making it global, they're trying to do their best to get the most out of all of us, we all have to do better, and then When we asked him about when guys were told they were inactive, he said it was on Saturday. Um, And Eberflus is acting like that it happened before the game, like before they announced inactives, which is not the way that it's ever worked in the NFL. I'm old enough to remember that they used to, the year before I started covering the team, they used to have what were called early Friday inactives. Then the league got away from that because there's a competitive advantage if you got you know, 36 hours or whatever to get ready for a game. And you know that there are certain people that aren't going to play. Most of the time, guys do know on Friday. And maybe the Bears do it differently. Like they have their their sit their meal on Saturday or they tell everyone on Saturday that they're going to be inactive. But the coach not knowing what was going on was messed up. So then... 
Fields, I thought, gave really good answers to why things didn't go right, and he had explained the thing with Cole Komet, and it stinks. It, it stinks for him that he played so well early on in that game, and they weren't able to put it together and win against the second-worst team in the NFL. Maybe we're calling them the second-worst team. Because they're not good. But this Bears team is worse. Scoreboard reflected it today. And now they have to get ready for what is a tough Washington team. I know they lost in overtime to Philadelphia. But that's a tough team. That's look That needs something good to happen to them. And they're looking at the Bears as an opportunity for that good thing to happen. Is that fine, Young Cannibals? Good thing. Where have you gone? So, yeah, man, that was my weird, wacky day over at, at, at Soldier Field. Can I, can I, before I leave you, let me just say that I still am a reporter at heart. Like, my plan was not to ask questions in the press conference, but I did feel compelled when I heard some nonsense. I really enjoyed like being out there. I don't know if this is going to be an every Sunday thing because I have other stuff to do. I'm going to be doing some post-game shows on the score and stuff. But it was illuminating being out there and seeing how this franchise is run. I was also happy to like see people. You know, there are folks I wanted to thank in person. Jason Leisure, Kevin Fishbane, Dan Weederer for all the stuff that they do for the show. And I got to sit in a great spot. They changed the place where I sit, which is awesome because it's a better vantage point. See a lot of stuff. So I was sitting between Josh Schrock and Mark Grody, sitting there with Chris Emma, Alex Shapiro. So a bunch of the guys that I work with, either at the score or at NBC Sports Chicago. So that was dope being able to just say hi to people, you know, people that you haven't seen. Like I had never met Kaylin Kaler, even though she's been on the show like five times. So meeting her was dope and getting an opportunity to talk with her. Just seeing people, Cassie Carlson, I had never met her, saw her today. And it was just cool. Like it was cool to be amongst, um, people in the media that whose work I really enjoy saw David Hall talk to hub for a little bit. Me and hub had a nice long conversation about where the bears are going and how they can get there. We are, we are not aligned, but we're more aligned than I thought from some of the tweets that he had, but you know, it was just good to kind of be back out in the field. I enjoy being out in the field. I always say that I want to give the people in charge an opportunity to yell at me if they need to. If you want to get a little bit of FaceTime with me, you can. But yeah, I walk away from this. I walk away from this with a different perspective. That maybe things were even worse than I thought when it comes to the Bears. All week long, we're going to be discussing this. I'm going to share some of my stuff on Twitter and Instagram 
at Lawrence W. Holmes. If you would like to follow me on either platform, I have stuff there for you. And you'll see some of this. I appreciate your support as always. I'm sorry that this team is as bad as it is. I was really thinking that today was a a ripe opportunity to turn things around. They did not. So now they have to go on the road real quick. And I am not optimistic about what's going to happen to them. You're probably not either. But don't worry. We'll discuss it all. Thanks for the support of this podcast. I appreciate you. I really, truly do. I will talk to you next time. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.